0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Kalstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Hallelujah. Well, you know, it's warming up, everybody. Come on now, get excited. I mean, you know, praise God. We've been in a deep freeze, in my opinion. Amen. I just talked, I was sharing with some folks pre-service, before the service, talked to somebody that just got back from Phoenix. I said, well, thanks for bringing all this warm weather back to us. And they go, well, we don't think it's that warm, you know. I said, well, if you've been around here very long, you'd be happy with what we got. Isn't that right? Yeah. Praise God. Better than a poke in the eye anyway with a sharp stick. Let's put it that way. Y'all glad to be here tonight? It's better than jail. Huh? You don't plan on going to jail, Mary? No. Well, you never know. (laughs) Hallelujah! <laughs> Things can change. <laughs> Amen. Well, you know, you get thrown in jail for the gospel's sake. See, that'd be righteous, wouldn't it? I just got a jury summons. Oh, did you? bummed about that. Oh huh? uh, uh, yeah, they'll probably have you for a month. I know. Oh, <laughs> such a dread. They're there, they're guilty. Oh, okay. Oh really? <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll you won't you won't be there very long. <laughs> For sure. Sure enough about that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Right. Well, anyway, uh, I'm so glad you're here tonight. Praise God. Uh, I got a message. I think that'll be a blessing to you. So I guess we'll get into that and uh, see what we come up with. Why don't you turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter one. If you can find that in your, well, maybe using a device. For those of you that are watching online, we're delighted you can be with us this evening. Hope you got a Bible there as well. Grab something, you know, so you can get your beady little eyes on the Word of God. Hallelujah. The Bible says the entrance of His Word gives light, and it gives illumination and understanding, praise God, to people. So we're going to look into the perfect law of liberty, the Word of God, and I believe that we're going to get blessed. Amen? Amen. So let's pray, and uh, we'll see what we come up with here. Father, we love you, and thank you for this time that we have together, Father, in the Word of God this evening. Thank you, Lord God, for that which you have made available to us to know and to understand, and not only that, Father, but to walk in the light thereof. And so we just thank you, Father God, for your blessing in each and every one of our hearts. May we have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to believe. And we thank you for it, in Jesus' name amen. Well, this last weekend was sure a great celebration, amen, Amen. and uh, had a full house. Much people, you know, three people, I think, give their hearts to the Lord, and three others that we know of, of course, uh, responded to uh, come back to God, and thank God for that, Amen. amen, and we're excited about that, and you know, when you start talking about the resurrection, I mean, there are just so many different ways and directions, and themes you know that you can I mean you can talk about victory you can talk about resurrection you can talk about you know uh, getting set free and so on and so forth there's a lot of different things that we uh, could be talking talking about because of so many things that were accomplished when Christ was resurrected and so um, the reason that um, I want to share with you this evening is is As I said, there's a lot of different things that have been made available to us. But unless you find out, unless you come to know what it is that Christ did in his death, burial, resurrection, then, then you're at an impasse. You know, it's just like before I got saved. I mean, a lot of things I didn't know about Jesus at all. I knew him religiously, you know, but I didn't know him in any kind of a personal, real way. And then, thank God, I gave my heart to him. All of my heart, all my soul, all my mind. And when I did, my eyeballs got opened up. How many of you can attest to that? All of a sudden, what used to put you to sleep, you couldn't put down. Thank God for the word. Because again, its entrance into our lives gives light and it gives the illumination. Now, you know, the rub to that is simply this, that a lot of times when we find certain truths in the Bible... They don't necessarily line up with what it is that we happen to be experiencing in this life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? In other words, our circumstances, our situations, or whatever it is that may be you know, uh, being leveled against us, is, uh, it contradicts what it is that the Bible says and promises. And so that's where faith comes in. That's where we come to know and understand the Word of God, stand upon it, resist whatever it is that's going on within our lives, and praise God, push through, and get to the other side where Jesus told us to go. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It's so important for us to understand these things. Like, for example, you know, how many of you believe that God has a plan for your life? Okay. Now, if you were... A person that was here this evening and you had no knowledge of the gospel or the kingdom of God or anything of that nature and I were to say to you God has a plan for your life a lot of folks would say yeah right I don't know what that's all about but whatever whatever you think well no the Bible says in Jeremiah 29 11, that God himself said I know the thoughts that I think towards you You know, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and give you a future. That's what the Bible says. Now, again, you know, if I talk to this person who's unaware or unknowledgeable about the word of God or the truth, and I say to them, God has a plan for your life, they're not equipped with the verse of scripture that we just got done quoting to you. They don't know anything about that. And so they're hesitant at the very least even accept what it is that you're saying. So you gotta feed them a little bit more what the Bible has to say, praise God. The Bible says that we're begotten again by the word of truth. So the reality is, is I don't know how to explain this, but Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is, well, King James says alive, it's a living thing. The word is alive. And so when you communicate the word of God, which is truth, To people in their lives, all of a sudden, you know, they're hearing a life-giving message that at least, you know, has the potential to change their life. Now, if they resist it or if they um, reject it or something of that nature, then, of course, it doesn't do them any good. But the person who's open, everybody say open. Yeah, anybody that's open to the truth, praise God, uh, they have the potential of having their lives absolutely altered by the truth that is in the Word of God. Hallelujah. And of course, many of you are here this evening, and thank God you had sense enough to say, you know what, I believe I'll just take me some of that and believe the Word. Amen. So here we are, we're going down the road of life together, and we run into obstacles and challenges and, you know, all different kinds of things that that all of us face in life, Uh, such a myriad of different things. But thank God we're never alone. In any of the battles that we face, we're never alone in dealing with these kinds of things. God's word is true and constant, no matter what the circumstance may be. How many of you, you know, you can be going down the road of life, just minding your own business, and then all of a sudden, praise God, just everything goes sideways. Any of you ever had that happen before? I mean, minding your own business. You know, just doing what it is that you do. Well, of course, when those things happen, it doesn't change God and it doesn't change His will in your life. With me? Yes. Amen. And a lot of times people will judge these things in their lives, you know, to to conclude, well, now, wait a minute, God, you said this, you said that, and this is what I get, this is what I got going on, this is what happened, how come this happened, this, that, and the other. Well, always remember there's a third party involved in all of this called the God of this world, Satan, our enemy, our adversary. The Bible says he walks about. Walking, you know, looking to devour anyone that he can find. So the Bible tells us that in those circumstances, you and I are to resist him. Everybody say, resist. Yeah, we're to resist him. In other words, we say, no, you don't. Devil, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Why? Because there's something that Christ did for us as believers And so we take our place, we take our stand, we walk in the light of the word, hallelujah, and we do what it is that God wants us to do. And he said that he would take up for us, praise God. He said he would rebuke the devourer for our sake and that he would command his blessing in our households, hallelujah. So, you know, if you're a believer, the bless is on you. I said, if you're a believer, his blessing is on you. Hallelujah. You know, there was a bunch of people that came to Jesus on one occasion, and they said, uh, you know, Lazarus is sick, and he's about to die. And Jesus declared, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Now, please understand that uh, God didn't get glorified in Lazarus' sickness or his death. God got glorified when Jesus raised him from the dead. Are you listening to me? And so it's important for us to understand, you know, that, you know, Jesus, I mean, it wasn't like when the news came, he said, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I've never had to deal with this before. I've never, you know, had such an occasion to have to this, that, or the other. And the same thing a lot of times is true with us. If we don't look to our Father our Heavenly Father, if we don't look to the one who's purchased us with his own own blood, when these things come, you know, evil reports come all the time. You know, unexpected, you know, financial things, health matters, you know, relational kinds of circumstances, you know, heard about this, that, or the other. But I'm telling you what, God doesn't change. And he doesn't want you to change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And thank God what he did back then, he's doing right now. He's just looking for people just like you to believe him and trust him. Hallelujah. You know, think about Jairus. You know, when he went to Jesus, his daughter was sick, nearing to death, and he said, I'll come and heal her. So on the way, you know, he was, Jesus was interrupted with a few other things that were going on there with the woman with the issue of blood and whatnot. And somebody came from Jairus' house and, and the report came and said, don't trouble the master any further. Your daughter is dead. Now, dude, it doesn't get any more final than that. And yet the Bible tells us that Jesus turned to this man and he just said, listen, fear not, only believe. And they went on down the road. See, I'm telling you, we, we serve the God of the impossible, I mean, as much as we have different chronic kinds of things or, or, or ongoing, lingering kinds of circumstances within our lives that seemingly aren't changing, I'm telling you that God is still able in every circumstance, if we'll believe and trust him, to bring about a change, to turn our captivity, to bring blessing into our life, because that's who he is. He's just looking for folks like you and me to believe him and trust him so that we can enjoy the blessing of God and give glory to God because we believed him. Are you listening to me? I had a bunch of family members, you know, that weren't saved and so I'm praying for them. How many of you pray for your unsaved family? Sure enough, man. I'm wanting them to come into the kingdom of heaven. I don't want them to wind up in hell. And you know, sure enough, one by one, I mean, some of them got in by the skin of their teeth but they got there, you know? And that's the important part. We don't want to see anybody go to hell. But, you know, uh, during the time between when I prayed and when that happened or occurred, there are a lot of things going on that would make it appear that that ain't never going to happen. But it's amazing how people's attitudes can be changed and how they can come around. I mean, my oldest brother, Jim, he was arnery. You know, just hard-hearted, you know, and, and really set in his ways and things. And uh, my wife and I actually led him uh, to the Lord on his deathbed, you know. But he got saved. I said, Jim, I said, uh, I think it's time we talked about some spiritual things. He goes, yeah, I think I, yeah, you're right, you know. And so I talked to him about the kingdom of heaven and what Jesus did for him and that if he would give all of his heart and all his mind and soul to him, that he could be saved. Do you want to be saved? Yeah, I sure do. See, because, you know, uh, life's not always kind to people. And it has a way of knocking the tar out of them. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And it also has a way of knocking the pride out of them. Are you listening to me? So, you know, it's, a, it's to be regretted. I wish my brother, you know, would have heard about what, it, what had happened to me and, and followed suit right away. But that didn't happen. And so we still fight the good fight of faith. Are you listening to me? Why? Because we believe the word. See, I believe that God would save my brother. Hallelujah. Not only did I believe it, I knew that he already had. I just had to get my brother to figure that out so that he would bow his knee and receive Christ as his Lord and Savior. Are you listening to me? So maybe you're here tonight, you got a little challenge going on. Praise God, you can say, man, just another opportunity for God to show himself big, big in my life. Hallelujah. And then you can have a testimony. Amen? See, you can't have a money without a test. Are right. right, you listening to me? Say, so, yeah, man, we've been believing God. I've been wanting this thing to turn around. I, want, I wanted these people to see certain things. And, and uh, boy, it took a while, but here we are. Isn't that good? There's so many things that God's done for us, and we can rejoice in those things. Amen? But it's through the Word that you and I find everything that God did to bring about redemption for us. So if you, And that's the important point to all of this is, is that if you don't know what he did for you, then, then you know, you're without. I, there are a lot of things I didn't know about. You know, I love Jesus. I mean, I was just glad to be saved. I mean, if, if there were no um, <clears throat> benefits, if you want to call it that, I, I was okay with that. I was just glad to be saved. But, you know, the Bible says that he daily loads us with benefits. That's in the Psalms. Amen? And so, you know, all of a sudden you get to thinking to yourself, well, wait a minute now here. Let's find out what these benefits are so that we can enjoy whatever it is that he's um, promised to us where our lives are concerned. You know, in the Old Testament particularly, you'll find that, you know, a lot of times God would say, it shall come to pass. Huh? Huh? Lots of times. It shall come to pass. What does that mean? It implies that if you'll do certain things, sooner or later, it's going to come to pass. But the thing that we often have to struggle with is, is we don't have very good patience. Huh? You know, we're after it like yesterday. But he said it will come to pass. And so if you'll trust him, if you'll believe him, if you'll position yourself and say, God, I ain't moving. Because I know your word's true, and I don't care if everybody goes stupid, they're still going to come back to God. Because I'm standing in the gap between you, them, and hell, and I'm not going to let them go. Hallelujah. Now, you know, what's unfortunate a lot of times, especially when we're talking about, you know, people we love and care about, we hate to see them go through the pain and the suffering that they experience because of maybe their own ignorance or their own stubbornness or whatever it is that's driving uh, their behaviors. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But that doesn't change us. Huh? I mean, I still got some family members that need to come into the family of God. But I ain't gonna, I'm not going to quit believing God because I know it's his will. God isn't willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and receive everlasting life. Amen? So I'm going to stay right in, the, right in the boat. Hallelujah. And, and believe God because I know, praise God, that's his will for them. So, again, the thing is, is that in the word we find everything that God did to bring about our redemption and the freedom that we have. Everybody say Freedom. Praise God, whether you realize it or not, you've been set free from sin and death. Glory to God. You'll never, ever have to experience the consequences of sin and death. Never. I mean, praise God, when you breathe your last breath, praise God, as a child of God, you're going up, not down. Hallelujah. You know, Kenneth Copeland sings that song, I'll fly away, oh glory. Yeah, someday we're going to get to do that. Amen either out of a grave or where you're at right now you know I don't know but one one way or another is going to happen but the mystery of Christ's redemption. That's why I said last Sunday, I mean, God is so smart, dude. I mean, He does stuff nobody knows what's going on. The Bible says none of the princes of this world knew what it was that God was doing in Christ Jesus because if they'd have known it, they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. And we're not talking about natural princes, we're talking about the principalities, the powers, and the rulers of the darkness of this world. They didn't have a clue because God is smart. Hallelujah. And so he established this whole plan and purpose, and the mystery of Christ's redemption was hidden until God chose to reveal it. And now he's given us his understanding. Everybody say, I'm enlightened. enlightened. See, if you're a child of God, praise God, brother, sister, I tell you, you're enlightened. You know some things. You know, a lot of times people don't give themselves enough credit. Well, I don't know, you know, enough about that and this and that and the other. You know a lot of stuff. Praise God, if nothing else, you know you once was lost and now you're found. You were blind, now you see. Hallelujah. So you're a lot further down the road than a lot of folk. But he's given us an understanding to know what that redemption represents and also to walk in the light of it. Hallelujah. It's one thing to know it, it's another thing to experience it. Are you listening to me? So it's important. Let's look here in Ephesians chapter 1. Mentioned to you to turn to that in Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, look again with me, if you would please, to this prayer, the prayer of the Apostle Paul. And, and the reason I want to bring this uh, to your attention is, is there's some, some amazing things in this that I want you to see. Because first of all, let's understand that the Apostle Paul was one who was called by God as an apostle. And these people that were in Ephesus, he's writing this letter to them. And he is writing by the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Would you all agree with that? I mean, we've got a record of it right here called the Bible. And so he's writing in this letter, and he's telling them that he is praying for them. And he's praying some very specific things that he wants them to know and to understand. So let's look at it together. Notice here in verse 15, Wherefore I also... After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And he begins this prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may first of all give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So Paul is wanting us, or them, you could say us, he's wanting us to have a revelation of knowing what Christ has done and the place or the position of authority that he's given to us as believers, that which we have in Christ. You know, a lot of churches don't teach anything about the authority of the believer, but you have authority. You know, there are a lot of churches that, you know, they preach real strong on the sovereignty of God. That God is in control of everything. You're not in control of anything. He's got the whole thing going on. There's nothing that really you can do. And the fact of the matter is, that's not true. God is sovereign. That's true. But the fact of the matter is, is there are things that he has done in the redemptive work of Christ that he's made available to you, and now it's you that has to walk it out. You believe that? Because it is true. Amen. Amen. I mean, there's a Godward side and there's a manward side to to all of the things that that take place within our lives. And thank God, our our responsibility in that is to believe and, you know, not only that, but to agree or do or act accordingly. And God said that he would bring his word to pass in our lives. Are you listening to me? So when we read this scripture here, he says, my prayer is that the... uh, That God will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So, in in other words, Paul's saying, I want you to know what it is that you have in Christ. Listen to it. A spirit of wisdom, that's up here, and revelation, which is here, in the knowledge of him. In other words, I want you to know God. You know, when he was praying in, in, um, or uh, writing there in, in Philippians chapter 4, he said that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. What does that mean? In other words, whatever it is that we witnessed in the resurrection of Christ, he wants to know it thoroughly as it applies to us as believers so that we can make an application of it within our lives. When the devil comes and tries to kill, steal, and destroy, we say, no, you don't, in Jesus' name. And we put a stop to what it is that he's trying to impose upon us. See, the devil's power has been broken. God spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly and triumphed over them in it. So the only thing he can use to bind or enslave people is deception and lies. And Jesus told us he is a liar. There is no truth in him. You know, he'll tell you stuff like you don't amount to anything. You're never ever going to make it. I don't even know why you try. You know, he just goes down this long list of telling you how ugly you are. And what you need to do is you need to tell him how big Jesus is and what it is that Jesus did. And I'll guarantee you, he'll stop talking. Are you listening to me? So it's deception that he uses. It's the truth that makes men free. You shall know the truth, know the truth, know the truth. I am asking God to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and what it is that he's done for you. Thank God. And I tell you what, praise God, when you read the book and the book gets in you, things change. You know, so so knowing who you are in Christ, uh, I give you this example The difference between borrowing something and owning it, okay? When you borrow something, it's not really yours. And so you have this consciousness that this isn't mine. I don't necessarily possess it. It belongs to someone else. But you know, when you own something, then all of a sudden, it changes everything, doesn't it? I mean, you don't have to, you know, apologize for it. You don't have to, you know, wonder if it's okay. Like, for example, my wife and I, we have a, a rental property. You know, and, and when I go up to the rental property, I don't, I don't sneak around because I feel like, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to be there. I own it. Huh? I can do whatever I want. I can strut around in the front yard if I want to. Why? Because it's mine. But if it isn't mine and I'm there, you know, you see somebody, you know, this poking around or whatever the case might be. It's kind of like, what are you doing here? This ain't yours. Hit the road. Are you listening to me? See, God wants you to understand who you are in Christ. Not who you are in your own self, but in him. Hallelujah. Because in him we live and move and have our being. Glory to God. And he has made a way for us, praise God, so that when we know the truth, then we don't have to be ashamed, we don't have to wonder, but thank God we can have a confidence about what it is that God said that he would do in our lives. Hallelujah. Remember when Abraham was asked to (coughs) offer up his son, uh, Isaac is a sacrifice they're on the way and the boy you know he's looking this whole deal over and he says well, okay we got the wood and we got the rocks and we got this and that and whatever but we ain't got no sacrifice so he asks his dad hey what's up with that he says God shall 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 provide are you listening to me and of course sure enough he did I mean after the whole thing was over with there was a ram that was caught in a thicket and they used that as a sacrifice God comes through I said God comes through He just needs you to believe Him. Glory to God. And every day that the devil says, well, it ain't going to work, you say, it's already done, devil. Hallelujah. We win. Glory to God forevermore. So notice here as we go on reading in verse uh, 18, he's still uh, praying this prayer, first of all, for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And then he says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, or some of your translations will say have been enlightened. So in other words, you're not trying to be enlightened. You are enlightened. Amen? Uh, uh, So it goes on, having been enlightened, now notice that you may know. Everybody say no. That you may know what is the hope of his calling then he goes on and says the riches and also that you may know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and that you may know the exceeding greatness of his power to or toward us who believe. So there's three things here, really, the Apostle Paul is talking about and praying about. Notice what it is that he's wanting us to have wisdom and a revelation in or for. He wants you to understand the hope we have in God, the inheritance that belongs to you, and the power that he's made available for you. Think about that again. He wants you to understand. See, we are people of hope. Now, may the God of hope, hallelujah, You know, he is the God of hope. He's our God. And when we look in this world and we see everything going on, we're not without hope. Thank God we've got him. Are you listening to me? So he wants us to understand this thing about hope and he wants us to understand our inheritance. You say, well, I didn't even know we had one. Neither did I. But thank God I can get into the word of God and I can discover a lot of things. Amen. And not only that, he wants us to understand the power of that has been given to us word who believe. How many believers we got here tonight? So there is a power or an authority that has been granted unto you through Christ so that you can live out your life as God would have you to, praise God, and you're not the rug of the adversary of our soul. Hallelujah. You're on the top, not the bottom. Are you with me? You're ahead, head, not the tail. So everything changed when you became God's child, and so you're no longer bound, really, by anything. Woo! That was shouting ground right there. Hallelujah, you can be glad. Notice if we drop down here, we don't have time to look into all this, but drop down to chapter 2, verse 1. Well, let's let's back this up here. Let's see. Let's, Let's read verse 19. He again says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? Now, notice he he describes it according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Notice where far above all principality. Power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the one that is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and he's given him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. Thank you, Jesus, that fills all in all, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. And set him at his own right hand. Now, let's go on reading here and I want you to notice this with me. Paul again is praying about us to understand and have a revelation of this. He says, "And you who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air or or Satan, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience," among whom we all had our, we used to have our conversation or manner of life in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature the children of wrath even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened or made us alive together with Christ. By grace you're saved." And he has raised us up together. Everybody say hallelujah. Yeah. He has raised us up together and he's made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come, he's going to be able to show us the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Because we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained, glory to God, that you and I should walk in them. Walk in what? Walk in good works. Hallelujah. See, I couldn't walk in good works before I got saved, because I wasn't a good person. I was, as the Bible describes, a child of wrath, even even as others. In other words, my nature was that of hostility toward God until he came by his grace and saved me. Well, actually, yeah, he saved me, but I, I answered. You know, we answer. You know, we respond. Don't you wish a lot of folk would respond? Life could be so much different for them if they just respond. But it says here that we're his workmanship, created in Christ, that we should walk in these good works. Glory to God. So in other words, no longer dominated by sin and death. No longer, you know, having to listen to and obey the dictates of the world that is around us. I tell you, I was so glad when I got saved. Glory to God. Because it changed everything. You know, people will say, well, I just can't stop sinning. Sure you can I said, sure you can. That's a lie of the devil. Huh? You know, you just gotta get your mind renewed, glory to God, to the fact that you're a new creation in Christ. And a lot of folk, you know, they don't grow much, they don't develop much, they don't they don't come to understand I am no longer a part of that family. Hallelujah. I'm part of the family of God. You know, they say, well, I just can't seem to change. They say I just keep seem to follow I, I seem to keep falling backward. Well, let's start falling forward. I said, let's start falling forward. Let's start doing some things to make. You know, the Bible says, instead of saying I can't, we need to take Philippians 3 and 13 and say, or 4 actually, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But see, when you've been listening to the devil all your life and it's gotten so ingrained in you, it takes a little while to get things turned around. You know what I'm talking about? Huh? Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh, because the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal or fleshly, but they are mighty through God to pull down strongholds. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, people self-destruct because these strongholds get built in their lives, and it's all up here, and they lead, and the devil leads them right into this destructive kind of behavior and patterns and things of that nature, and, and they just they self-destruct. Because sin has a consequence. And thank God Jesus came and he delivered us out from underneath the penalty and the power of sin so that glory to God, you and I could live, praise God above the weak and beggarly elements of this world. That we could be victorious. That we could have life and life more abundant. That we can enjoy the blessing of God because we like to obey Jesus. Are you listening to me? So it's important for us to see things as God. I mean, God wants you to see the reality of you, or I should say it this way, he wants you to see the reality of who you are in him. You're not like you used to be. You're not bound by that old man. You've been set free from what it is that he's done. You're no longer a slave. What do I mean by that? Controlled or bound by sin and its dictates. You're no longer subjugated to the things in this world that dominate people's lives and and cause them to be destroyed. You're no longer bound by poverty and lack. You say, really? Yeah, really? Yeah, you don't have to go through life bound by poverty and lack. I, poverty is not a blessing. It's a curse. When you can't pay your bills, when you can't do what you need to do, I'm telling you. You know, take, for example, Jacob. Jacob was a knothead. You know, Jacob and Esau? He was, he was, he was a slithering outfit, that guy. You know, he stole his brother's birthright. He did all kinds of stuff. I mean, that guy, he was a... Yeah, not good. But the reality is, even though he was all of that, he was still, listen, you guys, he was still a child of promise and destiny. You know, God gave his son so that every human being could be saved. Even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, he made us alive together with Christ. Now, the shame's going to be if people live and die and wind up in hell and never take advantage of what it is that Christ did for them. That's a bummer. So Jacob, he's a child of promise. He's a child of destiny. And it wasn't until he had an encounter with God and he repented. As soon as he did that, God turned his captivity. He said, surely God is in this place. And I didn't know it. Huh? So he repented, and he vowed a vow. Remember the story? He said, listen, if you'll you'll get me back with my countrymen, this and that and the other and so on and so forth, I'll serve you and I'll give you a tenth of everything I got. So, So there was this commitment that he made, and as soon as that came out of his heart and his mouth, God began making these steps for Jacob to go back home. Are you listening to me? Now, Abraham, you know, same kind of deal. We're talking about poverty and lack and how people sometimes feel like they just got to live underneath. You don't have to live underneath it. I'm telling you what, God gave you a brain. And he gave you a mind and a heart and a plan and a purpose so that, praise God, he could do some amazing things in your life. And you just have to say yes. Hallelujah. And whatever it is he tells you to do, do it. Hallelujah. It's like that, you know, hallelujah. It's good. I said, it's good. I'm doing better preaching you're doing amen. And so I don't know, you know, uh, we're about done. So you, you, you only got a little bit more time here. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, Abraham, you know, we, we, we take a look at Abraham's life. He was 75 years old. All of a sudden, God comes and shows up to, on his doorsteps and says, hey, I got a uh, offer you can't refuse. You get out from amongst your own countrymen, this and that and the other, I'll make you a great and mighty nation. And of your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. He says, I'm in. And so he packs everything up, takes off. Well, you know, it didn't happen immediately. I said it didn't happen right away. No, he had to walk with God. He had to learn some things. There was some different stuff that he had to do. But here's the amazing thing about it is, is when he obeyed God, God started causing blessing to come into his life. In an in a, in amazing kind of way. Because part of this is, is that when Isaac was born and then he got of age, you know Abraham didn't want his son taking a wife from you know, some of the heathen that were around. So he sent him back to where he came from to find somebody for him, which was Rebekah. But the servant that was commissioned or mandated to go and find this girl, this is what he testified of with regard to Abraham. Listen to what it says. And the Lord has blessed my master greatly. And he has become great. And he has given him flocks, herds. Who has? Who who gave this to him? Who? Say it again. The Lord. He says, The Lord has blessed my master. Now, if God was against you being blessed, we need to rip this scripture out of the Bible. Are you listening to me? He's not opposed at all. He said, the Lord has blessed my master greatly. And then he goes on to say that he's given him all of these things. And uh, I mean, the guy was, you know, he is blessed. How many of you like being blessed? You know, if you're blessed, you can share it with other people. When you're not blessed, you can't. Why? Because you don't have it. Are you listening to me? And so thank God he wants us to be blessed. But... Again, when we talk about these different areas of our lives and what it is that we're involved in, it's important to understand that, you know, this is the fight of faith that you and I are to fight. Paul said, finally, brethren, fight the good fight of faith. One minister said it's a good fight because we win. Any fight you get into and you know you're going to win before you go, it's okay. Huh? But he said to fight the good fight of faith. What does that mean? That means that when you find something in the word of God that gives shape and form to your life and the, and the will of God as to what it is he wants to do for you, you fight for it. huh? You resist the devil, and the Bible says he'll uh, flee from you, and you fight. Does this make it sense to you? Praise God, I'm telling you what, there's things that God wants to do in all of our lives. The Bible says that Christ has redeemed us. Everybody say, I'm redeemed. You're not going to be redeemed. You are redeemed. And you ought to act like you're redeemed. And you ought to talk like you're redeemed. You ought to confess that you're redeemed. Father, I'm so glad I'm redeemed from the curse of the law because Christ was made a curse for me. He went to that cross and he bore all of that so that I wouldn't have to. I have been redeemed. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Are you listening to me? And we don't have time to go into what that is, but read Deuteronomy 28. It'll tell you all about it. It'll tell you the blessing. tell you the curse. And we've been redeemed from it. So that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles, that you and I might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so thank God this is something that's been made available to us as believers. So we need to do, I'm going to give you four things you can do right fast. Discover what it is that Christ has done for you. Well, we just talked about it. You know, He's redeemed you from poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Hallelujah. Discover what Christ has done for you. Number two, begin acting and talking in accordance to your redemption. What do I mean by that? I'm I'm surprised sometimes how negative Christians are. They're always talking junk. And I'm not trying to, you know, deny the circumstance or the situation or whatever it is that you're facing. But at least have enough sense to say, you know, uh, uh, Dad, where's the sacrifice? God's going to provide one for us. Instead of, you know, giving us a litany of all the things that are going wrong and why this isn't working and how it's probably not going to happen and blah, 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 blah. Huh? Why? Because praise God, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So, again... We need to begin acting and talking in accordance with our redemption. No longer negative. No longer talking defeat. No longer blaming others. You know, right now, I mean, in, in culture, in popular culture, man, that's that's the that's the now word. It ain't my fault. Somebody else's. Blame, blame, blame. I'm the victim, and it's your fault. Well, that's just stupid. Are you listening to me? There's a lot of stuff going on in people's lives that you and I have nothing to do with. It is of their own doing. But they sure enough ain't going to admit it. And they're certainly not going to say, you know, I'm wrong or this or that or the other. Are you listening to me? But thank God that's not us. I said, thank God that's not us. Number three, refuse to allow unrighteous activity, conversation, and behavior to be a part of your life. Refuse to allow unrighteous activity, conversation, and behavior to be a part of your life. Why? Because it opens up the door to the devil. When you disobey God and do something ungodly, man, it just opens up the door. Are you listening to me? You can't have no confidence then. Amen? So we just don't want to do that. Hallelujah. You know, uh, I'll give you, I, I can only speak from my own example, but... Joan and I, my wife and I, we weren't a husband and wife at the time, but, but the reality is, is that we walked away from the world. When we got saved, we turned 180 and walked away because we knew that Jesus was real and that we were blood-washed and blood-bought. And there was an expectation on His part from us. And so we walked away. And you got, I, I mean, to tell you, dude, we got all kinds of everything thrown at us. I mean, we were accused and mocked uh, uh, for being, you ever, you ever heard this one before? Well, what's the deal? You too good for us? See, the truth of the matter is it didn't have anything to do with them. It had to do with our obeying Jesus and walking in the light of the word of God. And man, dude, you can't live in darkness and have the blessing of God on your life. And so we walked away. And like I said, criticized, made fun of, all kinds of different things. But I tell you what, they ain't making no fun of us now. Huh? And at the very least, glory to God, we're going to heaven. Amen. So there's a little bit of difference there. But here's number four. Let me say this. Continually embracing the truth of God's word. Don't ever let go of it, you guys. I mean, you got a promise of God. I'm telling you, hang on to it. He said, I will restore health unto you. Glory to God. And if you got to say, God, I just thank you. You said you'd restore health unto me, then believe him, praise God, and hold on to it. So, again, continually embrace the truth of God's word, and then watch God bring it to pass through your obedience. Again, you know, Joan and I, that's my example. You know, when we heard the gospel, we believed something. You know, uh, here we are, 19, 18, 19 years old when we first got saved, and we started finding out and discovering that God had a plan for our life, and it was a good one. See, I didn't know that. You know, I grew up in mainline denominational you know, uh, churches and things like that, and they, they never told us anything about that. But, but we, when we heard it and when we uh, uh, listened to what it was, we, just, we, we said, listen, this is something worth believing and we chose to believe what it is that God, that if it was nothing more than to know that God had a wonderful plan for our lives. And we just said, yes, I'll have it. You know, what do I need to do? Well, walk away from this, stop doing that, you know, and so on and so forth. And, and so we started cleaning things up in our lives. Now, here's the other thing you have to realize about that. It didn't come immediately. You know, we, 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 we had a history, And so it took a while for, you know, how many of you know you got to clean your fish before you can eat them? Yeah? And so there was stuff that had to be, you know, changed within our lives. It was a process. But the reality is, is as we continued, you know, uh, uh, just like I said, it's come to pass. Our lives are so immeasurably blessed because of Jesus and Him only. I am confident that if it weren't for Him, I wouldn't be alive today. Because all of the friends that I've hung out with, they all died prematurely, and they're no longer here. They're gone. All kinds of issues and problems in prison, and you name it. That was the crew that I was with. Jesus saved me from being um, lost. And he'll do that for anybody. I said, he'll do that for anybody. You know, now your life may not be perfect. You may not have all your ducks in a row just quite yet or whatever the case might be. But I tell you what, you're a far cry from where you came from. Amen? Get happy. I mean, you know, the glass is still half, o- or half full, huh? Amen? Well, we're out of time. And I got some more things. Um, you know, the Bible says, we then having the same spirit of faith as it's written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. We better look at this real quick. You got a few minutes. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 with me, real quick. I have flat preached myself happy. Glory to God. What did I tell you? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Notice verse 13. We having. The same spirit of faith. Everybody say, I've got the spirit of faith. Yeah, we have the same spirit of faith. As it is written, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. You know, our lives, I mean, uh, were, were a mess. But we believed that God had a plan for us. And we began to say, hey, man, God's got a plan for us. It don't look like it right here, but just give us a chance, because we're going to get there. And we did. I believe, therefore, have I spoken. Now, notice it goes on to say, knowing that he that raised up the Lord Jesus is going to raise us up also by Jesus and present us with you. For all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Now, listen to this. For the which cause we faint not. We don't quit. We don't give up. We don't lose heart. Hallelujah. We faint not, though our outward man perishes, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now notice this. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal or subject to change, and the things that are not seen are eternal. I tell you guys, catch the spirit of faith. Catch it. Get a hold of it. We having the same spirit of faith. Well, what is that? What's the spirit of faith? I believed, therefore have I spoken. Say what he says. Believe what it is that he promised, praise God. Walk in the light of it. Enjoy it. You may not be seeing it manifested in your life right now, but I'm telling you what, praise God, lay hold of it. Embrace it. Resist the lies of the devil and accept what it is at God, because the spirit of faith, listen, you guys, the spirit of faith, you're going to love this. The spirit of faith does not tolerate sin and junk in its life, and it doesn't tolerate unbelief. Are you listening to me? See, you're the one that lets stuff in your life. Thanks for your enthusiasm. You know, maybe you need to clean house. You say, are you going to end on this? No, I'm not done yet. Come on, give me, a, give me a moment. But you know, people can't figure out how come they're having so many problems. Dude, you got to clean house. My wife and I, we had to clean house. We had to put away the lifestyle that we once had, and we had to begin to walk in the light of the Word of God. And Like I said, we got criticized for it, ridiculed for it, you know, and people, you know, were mocking us because, oh, they got religion. No, dude, we got a relationship with God. And we weren't willing to give it up for anybody. You can say whatever you want, dude, I ain't leaving. Why are you listening to me? And that's the kind of, you can't tolerate you know, these things in your life and expect the blessing of God. One of the things in our life was drinking. We drank like a bunch of fish, man. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Here we are, 18, 19-year-old kids, and we're parting our brains out. Well, you guess what? It'll destroy you. You say, oh, no, no, I can control this. Here's a verse of Scripture for you there, Hot Rod. Wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. I watched alcohol ruin my family. Did you hear me? So I was, I was up close and personal with the whole thing. So don't tell me that you know your little social drinking and all of that kind of thing. Because what you don't realize is you open the door to the enemy. And one thing leads to another, and pretty soon it's more permissible, and you begin to compromise this and that and the other, and pretty soon, dude, you're out in a weed someplace and you don't have a clue. It's true. <clears throat> We could talk about it in a lot of different things, you know. I'll give you an example. You know, you ought to believe God to get out of debt, completely out of debt, you know. Because, see, the thing is, is our generation, my generation, we've all been conditioned to be in debt. They didn't used to have credit cards, you know. But I tell you what, dude, I, I mean, it's not so much, well, it still comes. How many of you get uh, applications for new credit cards? Huh? Dude, they're, I mean, they're, they're coming all the time. Why? Because they The credit cards make people money and not a little money, big money when they can pop you for 22% or whatever the number is or whatever, dude, they are making bank off of you. So, you know, if you got any credit at all, they'll give you a card, use it and we'll do this, use it and we'll do that. You know, I mean, whatever. They don't care if you're in debt. Uh, we t- when we were in Bible school, they had a banker. He owned uh, uh, some banks down in the Dallas area or something like that. And, and he's, he was actually the uh, brother of uh, Lynette Hagan. And so he came in to talk to the students. And he said, yeah, he says, borrow all the money you can to. you can't really breathe. And, and get all the credit cards you can too because we like that. And if you don't want, you know, if you... If you uh, if you overdraft your, your account, that is great. We love it. He said that they paid, I think at the time, and it's been a long time since I heard this, they paid 80 per, 82% of the salaries of all their employees off of overdrafts and fees of that nature. Think about that. Because people are undisciplined. You know? So I'm just saying to you, praise God, don't tolerate it anymore. Now, 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 understand, you know, sometimes there's, you know, people need capital to be able to do it. But it, it, it's with an intelligent, you know, kind of plan that you have. You understand? I'm not saying that you, you can't or shouldn't borrow money. But I'm talking about this stuff, you know, consumer debt and things of that nature. Or people are up to their eyeballs in debt. And they, they, you know, well, consolidate it. Well, then you got all of it in one big pile. You know, something else has to stop. And so you just have to say, no, we're not doing this anymore. Okay? It used to be that, I believe it was uh, the Japanese, they saved 52% of everything they make. 52%. That's a lot. Well, you know, they weren't driving around Lamborghinis, <laughs> you know. Didn't have 16 televisions all over the, you know, wherever. What, can you do that? Sure. I, I'm not opposed to it, man. Dude, you, you could, you know, wall your whole house with TVs. I don't care. You know, but do you get my point? You're saying, you know what? It's, it's time to make a change here. It's time to change the mentality that we have. Here's the verse of Scripture. The rich rule over the poor, and that's certainly true, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. Because every month, Bubba, they want their money. And if they don't, after about three months, they come and get your stuff. Are you with me? So, again, this is not some, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here or anything. What I'm just saying is, is let's, uh, let's, let's make some changes. And let's, you know, stop doing whatever it is we're doing to get us where we got. With me? You say, yeah, but I won't be able to have you Yep, that's right. Smile, everybody. It's all good. You don't need it anyway. My wife and I have a storage unit. And these people, they bring their stuff in. And I tell you what, people got stuff. And some of the stuff isn't worth saving, but they put it in there anyway. And I say, hallelujah. You know why? Well, because they pay me a little something every month and, and it benefits us. We are consumer crazy. Are you listening to me? We got this, we got that, we got to have this, we got to have that. And not to mention the fact, you know, and, and again, please understand me. I don't care what you got. I mean, you can have whatever you want. But let's have it and not it have us. Okay? Now, one more thought. And we're talking about not tolerating things in our lives because the spirit of faith doesn't do that. Well, I got a couple of them, actually. Let's do the sharp tongue first. Don't tolerate a sharp tongue. The Bible says not to let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Zip your lip. Are you with me? You say, yeah, but I just can't. Sure you can. I said, yes, you can. You may not have been in the habit of doing it, but you can. So let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but rather that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace to the hearer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I remember Brother Hagin. You remember when uh, Jimmy Swaggart and uh, what was that guy's name? Jim Baker. When they fell, this was back in, I think, the 80s or something like that. They went to Brother Hagin. Now he's our spiritual father and he was the founder of our school. And they wanted to comment. You know, they wanted him to comment on what had happened with these two leaders. you you got to understand, Jim, uh, Jimmy Swaggart was turning hell upside down all around the world it wasn't just in the United States that guy was cutting a wide swath so naturally he'd have a target on his back are you listening to me but when this happened they wanted a comment you know they wanted brother Hagen to say something about it and he said no comment you know you think when the news you know people show up you gotta you gotta have a statement or something like that no comment that's smart. Are you listening to me? The only thing he ever would say is, is, you don't brighten your candle by trying to put somebody else's out. So he just didn't say anything about it. Well, I think Jimmy, he came back around. And I think Baker, I think he came back around too, you know. and How many of you know we all make mistakes? Sure enough. So, I don't know how that, what that has to do with a sharp tongue. But anyway, hallelujah. And then finally, immorality. Immorality is destroying our country. I mean, it is absolutely rampant. The stuff that we allow, the things that people think nothing of these days is destroying people's lives. Are you listening to me? So you can't, if you're going to have a spirit of faith, you can't tolerate it in your life. You've got you to gotta get it out. Praise God. And here's the reason why, you guys, because that's not who you are anymore. If any man be in Christ, he's what? New creation, a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. But sometimes, I tell you what, you've got to get pretty ornery about it when this stuff is, you know, playing around in your life, man. You've got to drive a stake in the ground and just say, no, we are not doing this. Are you with me? Because that's where the blessing of God is. Hallelujah. So, anyway, to conclude, <laughs> you may be in a great battle. Maybe you're having to fight the the good fight of faith. Praise God. Keep believing Him. Because I'm telling you that what He wants for you and what you have in your heart, it is absolutely yours. It's available to you. And praise God, He said He would bring it to pass. So don't lose heart. Don't faint. Don't give up. I'm telling you what, praise God, what you know is good. And it's good for you. And it will work in your life. It will bless you, glory to God. There's coming a day when the reaper, or you're going to be the reaper, and the harvest is going to come in. Are you listening to me? When the devil tells you it ain't working, they're not this, they're not that, don't you believe a word of it? Praise God. Because God said that he would bring his word to pass in your life. Can you say amen? Let's stand, everybody. i got to quit. Hallelujah. You guys are great listeners. How many are you glad you came tonight? Yes. Come on now. Let's continue believing God for whatever it is we have in our hearts. Because He will bring it to pass. Yes. Glory to God forevermore. Just say, I'm going to have me some of that. Yes. Huh? Yes. You just take whatever's ugly and you get rid of it. And you put the good stuff there. You say, can I do that? You absolutely can do that. Glory to God. Amen. When... Um, Joe and I first got married, you know, we hung out with all kinds of couples and different things of that nature, you know, and and we'd watch behaviors in couples. And one of the things, one time I remember we were talking and she said, she said, you know, honey, I want to talk to you about something because I see this happening, you know, and and I don't want it to be a part of our life. See, when you see something going on that ain't right, you got to stop it, you know. And in this particular circumstance, she was watching what other couples were doing in terms of uh, sarcasm. You know, now sarcasm just in and of itself, you know, maybe it's not that big a deal. But if you let it go, it it can get real ugly. And we watched that happen because nobody likes to be on the butt end of something sarcastic. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So we just decided, she says, I don't want us to be sarcastic toward one another at all, anytime. And I said, you got it, baby. And so we just call each other on it. I mean, I, I was probably more the... The, the, the guy that needed to straighten up more than she was, you know, but, um, uh, we didn't allow it in our life. You can't tolerate these things in your life. If you want your, your home to be a castle full of love, then you got to stop letting junk in your life. Are you listening to me? And listen, you can do it. I said, you could do it. You absolutely can do it. You know? And so you just, you have the conversations like we had and we said, nope, no more. And I mean, 44, what's it gonna be, 45 years here coming up? Man, you look good for 45 years, glory to God. Yeah, in August, 45 years ago, you know? And we we don't have none of that. We just don't do that. So, you know, there are decisions that thank God you have the privilege and the right to be able to make. And you just say, here's my lines, man. This, 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 this is it, you know? And, and, And you, you know, yeah, you'd be criticized. I know all of you, you know, your, your extended family and even your immediate family, you know, they've been bagging on you, you know, because you're a fanatic, you're a Christian, you know, and you go to church all the time or whatever. God only knows what they come up with. Why? Because they don't like it because they don't do it. It's reflecting poorly upon them. Hallelujah. But don't let that deter you. Just stay happy. Praise God, love them anyway, pray for them. Amen so they can come into the knowledge of truth and be born again. Father, we love you tonight. We're so grateful for your blessing, Father. You've done, you've done, well, words can't even describe what it is that you've done for us. It's amazing, Father, how you've redeemed our lives from destruction. You've given us your life. Father, you've placed your own spirit in us so that we can know the way of truth. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the spirit of faith. And thank you, Lord God, that you've given it to us so that we can walk in the light thereof. Father, as we go from this place tonight, let us be encouraged in our faith, in what we believe, what it is you promised, and the things that you're doing. Glory to God, Father. I thank you as we take simple steps to obey you and do the will of God that, Father, just like you said, you will bring it to pass. And so we just thank you, Father God. We rest in that confidence knowing hallelujah that you're on our side and we thank you for it in Jesus name and everybody said amen praise God you may be seated